You're listening to an exclusive podcast from Pituitary World News. Good morning. This is Dr. Louis Blevins podcasting from the San Francisco Bay Area on a beautiful Monday morning. I've been pondering a few issues related to pituitary disease of late, and I don't have all the answers to some of the things I've been thinking about, but one of them uh, relates to the biology of different pituitary tumors. And, and I'll start with a tale of two patients with acromegaly. One of them uh, has probably had the disease for 35 or more years and uh, had a, at least a 25-year delay in diagnosis and has had residual tumor after surgery treated with uh, pegbisomont and his residual tumor has been stable for about eight or nine years now with no growth whatsoever, which is a bit of a surprise to me, I must admit. Uh, but uh, MRIs year after year show no growth whatsoever of the residual tumor. And that's curious in the uh, setting of taking pegbisomont therapy, uh, which one uh, renowned expert in the field had suggested might actually cause growth of residual pituitary adenomas, and I've never believed that, and I really haven't seen that in my career, uh, but it's curious nonetheless. The other is a patient who had surgery for uh, acromegaly and had a majority of her tumor removed uh, and then um, had normalization of IGF-1, so we just decided to watch things in just a matter of, I don't know, four or five months. Uh, her IGF-1 was climbing again, and we repeated the scan and her residual tumor was now uh, essentially slightly bigger than the original tumor. So clearly these are very different tumors. Um, One is sitting there resting, not changing in size, and the other was very quick to return. Now the good news is, is in the second patient, she had repeat surgery for debulking and then radiotherapy. And now after an interval where uh, we would have expected her tumor to grow, had she not received radiotherapy, it didn't change at all. So that's really good news. But what is it about tumor biology? There's so many different factors that regulate the growth of a cell uh, that has become abnormal and thus clones itself through constantly dividing. Uh, The factors that regulate what we call the cell cycle and cell division, Uh, and growth and all of that are very complex. There are a number of different genes involved in that. And I think that uh, probably the true answer as to why these two patients are different relates to the cellular biology uh, of those particular tumors. Uh, Whether it's expression of uh, PIT1, the transcription factor, uh, or one of the cyclins that is involved in regulating the cell cycle or some other factor. Uh, I think that clearly uh, there's something that leads to what I would refer to as unpredictable differences between these two patients, things that you can't predict uh, based on MRI, immunopathology, pathology or whatever, uh, something that we haven't drilled down to yet that uh, will explain why one tumor was more aggressive than the other. Both were invasive, so those are certainly aggressive tumors. But why has one sat there and not changed and the other 
uh, increased in size rapidly. I don't have an answer to that. I don't know how to predict which of you with acromegaly or any other pituitary tumor subtype are going to have uh, a recurrence uh, or rapid progression of residual disease. Uh, and this is why we do regular MRI studies and why annual surveillance and then after four or five years, every two year surveillance, two to three years, is important because we don't really truly know. I've seen patients recur 12, 15 years later with Cushing's and acromegaly. I've seen Rathke's cysts come back in 15 years. Uh, the uh, one patient had a pituitary adenoma that recurred at 30 years, or at least the recurrence was diagnosed at 30 years, but there was no surveillance uh, for about 20 years of that period of time. So we really don't know when his tumor truly recurred. Um, but the, the point is, is there's so much we don't know about tumor biology, even in this day and age. And until we can better classify and predict, it's important to stay in touch with a qualified physician and healthcare team who can do the surveillance that you require in order to detect recurrences or growth of residual tumor at the earliest possible time point to permit appropriate therapy. So that's one of my thoughts for the day and uh, hope you're all doing well. Feel free to send us questions, uh, ideas for future podcasts, whatever's on your mind probably is on ours too. So let's uh, start a dialogue and move forward. Have a great day. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and stay tuned for more musings from Dr. Blevins and his colleagues coming up very soon. If you'd like to support our efforts, you can do so by making a donation on our website by going to pituitaryworldnews.org. Then click on Get Involved and follow the directions. Thank you so much, and thank you for listening.